and as we hear what God is doing, those who are wise, you're going to listen. Because I, I just want to tell you this. There's going to be manna here right now. There's going to be manna here. So what, what you guys are sharing, I don't know. I don't know your stories. But God does. And God, if whoever's speaking today, God has prepared you for this moment because he's going to use you to give manna to those of us here, those listening online. There's going to be manna coming from this. So I want to encourage you, set expectation. Look, begin to gather. Prepare your hearts. Prepare your minds. Listen. Listen for what God is speaking through these gentlemen to, to us. They're going to come. They're going to sing. They're going to do all that stuff. And they can prepare. They can come on up now. Um, Rob Fisher uh, leads the group here. I have known Rob. I, I was thinking about this. Other than my mother... Rob has known me longer than anybody in this room, More than, longer than even my, my wife. I've known Rob. He's probably knew me before I knew him from I was like five years old. I never changed your diapers, though. Yeah, no, thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah, that's, you can thank my mom for that. Um, but we go way, way, way back, and uh, Rob's just a, a great friend, um, and uh, I'm going to let him take over, and these guys are going to sing for us. But would you please give a Life Tree welcome to Teen Challenge this morning? Good morning. So, yeah, my name is Rob Fisher. I'm the uh, Program Development Coordinator at Adult and Teen Challenge. Um, I, I always wrestle with whether or not I tell this joke or not, but there's some older people here who probably get it. Remember the hair club for men? You know, I'm not just a uh, spokesman, but I'm a client. You know, so that's me. You know, I'm, I'm uh, not just a guy who uh, works at Teen Challenge and does this on Sundays. I'm a graduate of the program. Because uh, I grew up in pews like this. I'm a pastor's kid and uh, grew up in the church. And I still find myself in the, in the grips of addiction and, and, and wasted uh, decades of my life uh, until I finally got to where uh, God needed me to be. Yeah, and that's, that's what we're here to talk about today, uh, the hope that we found in, in our troubling circumstances that hopefully you guys can uh, glean some from. Uh, so you're going to hear some testimonies today from some of these guys. We're going to do a couple of songs and I hope that you're blessed. I do want to tell you a little bit about the program. Uh, so everybody knows somebody in addiction. It's just, it's pervasive. It's whether you're in this room and you're struggling with it, or if you've got a family member, or, you know, it's just, you know, everybody knows somebody. And uh, like I alluded to, with me growing up in a, in a good home, with a good family, in church, you know, good education, all that kind of stuff, I still found myself in the grips of addiction, and we have other guys who were coming from bad homes, you know, in troubling circumstances, and they were homeless and panhandling, and you know, all the all the horror stories you could think of. And that's the, what addiction does is it it's the I call it the great equalizer. It doesn't care about socioeconomic status, doesn't care about education, you know, how good your parents were and how you know what what they weren't. Uh, once it gets its hooks into you, it brings us all to the same place, uh, brings us to our knees, you know, and. Those of us who have been in our addiction cycles know the patterns of, you know, rehabs and detoxes and all those kinds of things. You know, I've been to uh, several detoxes and rehabs in my life. Uh, and one of the things that, that we, we recognize is that most of us can get clean. You know, most of us can go to a detox or a rehab and we're going to have some period of sobriety, even if it's just the, the couple of weeks that we're in the program. The trick is, how do you stay that way? You know, how do you stay sober? Uh, and that's what Adult and Teen Challenge to me is all about. We are not uh, a quote-unquote drug and alcohol program per se. To me, it's a discipleship program. This is about learning how to be godly men, learning how to honor him even on your hard days. How do I apply scripture to get me through this troubling circumstance and not go get high or get drunk or leave the program, you know, developing character that's going to be necessary for us to survive out in the world when our time is up at Teen Challenge. Uh, so I know we have some slides behind me, right? Okay, first slide is that one. And then the second one is that one. So that is our campus. We're up in Lebanon, New Jersey in Hunterdon County. Uh, we're really blessed to be on 88 acres. Uh, gorgeous facility. There's more deer than people up there. And uh, just we have a learning center. We have a chapel that we spend a lot of time on. Every guy has an individualized uh, curriculum uh, that are this, uh, 
geared towards them and their struggles. Uh, and it, really, this is all about, thank you, what are you doing? Thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> so really, it's, it's, it's just about, like, you know, most of us have read the Bible at some point in time in life. And for me, growing up, it was always in one ear and out the other. I don't know what I just read, but I know it's important. Um, but uh, now it's, uh, now, now we have direct application of Scripture to our lives. Like when the guy in the dorm next to me is driving me nuts and I want to leave the program or I want to be going through this, there are things that I'm learning from Scripture that I can apply in the moment. You know, it's it's tangible, it's it's real, and that's that's what our time in, in, in the, the classrooms is all about, and the chapels are all about. Next next slide. Uh, so I'm not going to get into all those things, but I do want to mention Teen Challenge is, uh, you know, circling back, it's a 12 to 15 month program where we get the guys into the to our to to us, and we are a holistic program. It's it's obviously our answer is Jesus. You know, we've tried over and over again to beat addiction on our own, and we have failed. Uh, but we also recognize that when you come in, we're pretty beat up. You know, physically we're beat up, emotionally we're beat up, mentally, you know, it does it does it damage. If you if you come in and you don't have insurance, we're going to help you get your insurance. We're going to get you to all your doctor's appointments. We'll get you put back together again. We have a, a, a licensed a clinical therapist uh, that comes and meets with the guys. We start to unpack some of the stuff, you know, that that kind of led us into addiction or that you know kind of reared its ugly head during our addictions. Uh, if you don't have uh, education. You know, we'll make sure you get your GED before you graduate from the program. Uh, so those are just some of the things that we do. We do. We like to say uh, we put the residents first in this program. Next page. And uh, okay, so that one is, uh, we got some syrup and some cutting boards. So you guys saw this um, table when you came in. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention about Teen Challenge, we don't turn anybody away from our program regardless of their financial circumstances. You come from means and if you can pay something, great. You could be coming from the street and not have a penny to your name. You're still going to have a home for 12 to 15 months. Uh, we do that through the partnership of folks like you. And I, I'm certainly blessed, and I should have said more about this in the beginning, that you know, for churches like Life Tree and Danny and, and your leadership here has always been a huge supporter of Adult and Teen Challenge. We uh, certainly appreciate that. And uh, um, you, know, you guys are a great friend to our program. And I just want you to know that we cannot do this without you. Uh, one of the ways that we support this ministry is through our carpentry shop. Do we have some carpentry shop guys here? Cool. So these guys, these guys are actually working in our carpentry shop, making those cutting boards and those charcuterie boards. Uh, they're, they're beautiful products. You, you actually can now find them in Dolce and Clemente. They're selling our boards in their, um, uh, their charcuterie section. They, they're, they're high quality, they're made by these guys, and they help us bring guys in and off the streets. So we're literally saving lives while these guys are uh, learning the skill. On the next page, we have prayer cards. So when you came in, you guys would have received a little blue and white prayer card, which I have somewhere here. Yeah, this guy. If uh, you didn't get one, please see us after, the, uh, and we'd love to get one in your hands. Please fill it out. Yeah, thank you. We're very informal up here, as you can tell. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, fill this out, uh, and we'd love to pray for you. It, part of this, obviously, our part of our spiritual journeys. It's not just about us and our selfishness and our needs and, and what we need God to do for us. Uh, it's also about uh, making sure we're, we're interceding for other people. And we'd also love to uh, send you a newsletter and keep you up to date with what's going on with the program. Next slide, please. And with that being said, I'm going to get out of the way and this is let these guys do their thing because that's what – we're really here for. We're going to get into some songs and some testimonies. Uh, we're going to start with um, Graves on Guards. Well, I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures the faith are never enough. Then you came along and put me back together, and every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's no 
I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend, because the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better. And please welcome Mr. Chuck Darchuk as he gives his testimony. All right. Good morning, church. Uh, like he said, my name's Chuck Darchuk. I'm uh, from Pueblo, Colorado. Woo! Woo! And uh, <laughs> about 30 miles south of Colorado Springs. And uh, um, I, uh, like I started when I was young, I, I got into drugs and alcohol at a young age. Uh, Late grade school, early junior high, uh, started drinking, stealing my mom's liquor, uh, dr smoking pot, and uh, you know I was really into sports, um, not so much academics, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know then got into high school, uh, my freshman year, and I started hanging out with the wrong group of guys and getting in trouble, started selling drugs, and ended up getting into some deep trouble when I was 15 and a half. And uh, ended up uh, getting in trouble, serving a three-year sentence in DYC, which is Department of Youth Corrections. Um, so I missed all of high school pretty much from 16 to 19. Uh, I, uh, you know, everything you look forward to uh, growing up as a kid. I, I, you know, prom, high school sports, you know, homecomings, graduating. That was all stripped of from me because of my, you know, involvement with drugs and alcohol, and uh, you know. Um, I also forgot to start off this. I'm a proud father of three beautiful children. Um, I'm 36 years old, and my oldest daughter, Savannah, who's back in Boulder, and then my two youngest, whose mom's Puerto Rican, so I call them my little Porter Chucks. They're, uh, <laughs> they're uh, Xavier, my only boy, who's nine, and then my uh, baby girl, uh, Obrina, who's uh, eight. So, all right, moving forward. So, uh, after I got released, you know, I was just, had a chip on my shoulders, still involved with these group of guys, uh, got more involved with the selling of drugs. And uh, a very important date in my life uh, was April 17, 2014. 
Um, that was the day my son was be, uh, was born, and while I was in the emergency room, or the delivery room, I should say, with uh, their mom, uh, my phone kept ringing, 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 ringing. Finally, she gave me this look, are you going to answer this phone? So finally answer it, and it was about a 15-second conversation, and it was, Chucky, it's over. Keep what you got. Nothing's owed. Good luck. And that was it. And I'm, so now I'm scared to death. I'm, I'm supposed to be enjoying the birth of my son, and I just get the most terrifying 15-second phone call in my life. I don't know if, you know, sheriff's department's going to come in and arrest me. What's going to happen? What's going on? So uh, that's another, you know, monumental event in my life that drugs and alcohol stripped of me. You know, the birth of my baby boy. And uh, so when we got home and, you know, everything was kind of good and the smoke cleared and I found out what had happened, it was uh, the man I was associated with was captured uh, with 400 pounds of meth and they uh, labeled it Operation Dark Angel, and it was, uh, you know, enough to scare me and shook me to where my heavy involvement with, uh, you know, selling narcotics was over. I was, but I also then began using them heavy. Um, caught a heroin habit, and uh, fast, you know, so that's, you know, fast forward. Uh, about five years ago, my mom died, and she had died on, uh, it was... Mar or no, excuse me, December 6th, and I didn't find out till December 22nd, and uh, she was the love of my life. I loved my mom with all my heart. I'm a mama's boy, still am, and uh, she raised me, single parent, and uh, because of my lifestyle with drugs and alcohol again, um, I didn't find out that she was dead till three weeks later, and that day I found out uh, I'd set it up for that weekend to go and uh, do get her ashes with her new husband and uh, get photos and stuff like that of her. And I was picked up for a dangerous drug warrant out of El Paso County. So still to this day, I don't have ashes from my mom. Um, you know, and another thing that drugs and alcohol stripped in my life, another, you know, precious moment. And then uh, December of 2021, uh, I'm a hotel manager for, uh, kitchen manager, I should say, for a hotel chain. And my brother, I'm stuck in the middle in Colorado. I have a brother that lives out here in Philly. And then my, our oldest that lives in Los Angeles. And they both come pulling up to the hotel, and no words needed to be said. I knew what was going on. Our father was dying. Um, so at least I got to see my dad off this time and, uh, you know, wished him luck. And I, and I tell him I loved him and I, that I would see him on the other side and, uh, you know, just to see him off and let him know I love him. And on the ride back uh, to the hotel, I kept telling my brother, I was like, man, this is a lot of pressure. I can't go anywhere right now without being sweated. I need a break, man, bad. So he was like, all right, Chucky, for, I'll fly you out for your birthday. This was last March, uh, the 24th through the 28th. My birthday's on the 27th. He's like, I'll fly you out here to Philly for four days, and we'll go to the return home game of Kyrie Irving with the Brooklyn Nets from his COVID thing on your birthday. So I come out here, and uh, the morning of my birthday, when we're supposed to go to the game, I, I wake up sick as a dog. And uh, I, I didn't bring enough heroin with me on the airplane get sick and he's looking at me and he's like what's on what's wrong and I tell him I I'm sick bro I ran out of my medicine can you help me out he's like well I know a few doctors what do you need and I told him can you give me suboxone and uh you know he's pretty straight and narrow and he googled on his phone suboxone I'll never forget him looking up from his phone and he's like Chucky you're addicted to heroin and I had to confess to my you know my older brother who I admire and look up to yeah dude I'm I I'm I'm sick off of heroin withdrawals right now He's like, well, you can't be here with the wife and kids. You, we got to go. So instead of going to that game, I ended up checking into a, a rehab in Bristol, Pennsylvania uh, called Gaudenzia. And I spent 57 days there. And, uh, well, another important date, excuse me, let me just backtrack real quick, just one day. Uh, March 28th, the day after my birthday when I checked into the rehab at 1.30 p.m., uh, I was arguing with my brother. I wanted my flight home was at 3 p.m., and I wanted it wanted to get back home because I knew I had drugs back in Colorado. And uh, that's when I realized that I wasn't going to be able to make the flight back home, and I surrendered. I said, all right, well, I'm done. I'm going to give away everything back in Colorado. I don't know, want no outs, you know, to go back there. So I'm, I'm, I'm done. I, I surrendered. Uh, I spent 57 days in that rehab, and when I got out, I was going to go into a halfway house or, like, a recovery house. And my brother, uh, Eddie, who has my kids in Los Angeles, was like, Chucky, he's like, you need to listen to me. If you're ever going to listen to me, now's the time. He's like, you've tried everything. You've been locked up. You do. You get out. You relapse. You know, you 
go back to what's normal and getting numb with you. And he was like, you, the only thing that's going to keep you clean at this point, he's like, I promise you, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was like, you need to try this program, Teen Challenge. He's like, to please give it a fair shot. And, and so yeah, I did. And uh, when I got out of that rehab, I got checked into the Lebanon campus of uh, Teen Challenge. And it was the best decision I've made in my life. Um, I just celebrated 13 months of sobriety last month on the 27th. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and my brother told me when I first got into the, this program, well, before I got into the program, he's like, Chucky, he's like, you need to trust this process. And he's like, and trust me, I never opened up a Bible before in my life. I always seen it in my jail cell, but I never opened it. And he was like, you're not going to burst into flames when you open that book. That's my promise to you when you go into this program. And, you know, I'm, I'm unscarred, unscorched. So he, he was telling the truth. And, uh, you know, Jesus is, you know, I, I put my faith in Jesus now. And it, I know it has to be God and, you know, and, and the Lord Jesus Christ that's kept me sober. Because at my own will, you know, I chip, I chip it up every time. And, uh, you know, God is good. God is great. Uh, thank you for hearing my testimony, guys. And go Lakers, go Dodgers. <laughs> church my name is Alfredo Rosario it's adult and teen challenge I'm 56 years old <laughs> I was born and raised in Patterson New Jersey um, my struggle with drugs started in 1984 I was 14 years old and um, no I'm sorry 1980 and um, it started with smoking drinking and partying with my friends you know and um, in middle school and um, went to mescaline went to acid, and then in, um, in 83, when I was 17, I lost my brother who had a heroin addiction to AIDS, and he was 26 years old, and that really, really messed me up, so I got into drugs even deeper, and um, as the years went on, you know, two years later, I met a beautiful young lady who God put into my life, and um, we had my daughter and my son. My daughter's 35 now, my son is 28, I'm sorry, 30. And um, throughout the years, um, you know, I try to maintain. I mean, I would sit there and keep jobs and work and try to maintain that drug habit. I was here all the time maintaining both, you know, trying to be a family man, trying to do the right thing. But at the same time, when drugs are involved, that's just not gonna happen, you know? So eventually, you know, uh, you know I just, hit the ground and hit it hard, you know I mean? Right down the rabbit hole, as Pastor Willie says. And um, I uh, spent 11 years of my life incarcerated, you know, um, six years on and off in county jails. And um, right then was when I knew the Lord was working in my life because it had to be God to put me in a place where I could take a break from all the drugs that I was doing, you know? Um, my son was born seven years later after my, uh, my daughter was born in 1987. And um, throughout that whole time, I've just been deep in the valley, you know, just doing, doing what I do. And um, each time I went to county jails, um, I would sit there and get very, very violently sick and, um, and go through it in 60 days, no sleep. But me, the knucklehead that I am, I always fall back to the only thing I know, you know? And uh, the only thing that, you know, to get rid of the hurt, mask the pain, everything, you know? And, um, you know, it really hit me hard when one day I came home and there was nothing in the apartment. All my belongings were gone, my kids were gone, she was gone, my car was gone, everything. So what do I do? I go out and I cop drugs and I just stood in the apartment and it's a miracle that I'm here, that I'm not dead because I did a lot of drugs. And, um, you know, then the last bid that I did, incarcerated, was five years in prison. I mean, I kept on going back to the same thing, but now I did five years in prison in Northern State, New Jersey. And um, unfortunately, I left after doing those five years with a habit bigger than the prison I was in, you know? So as soon as I came out to the streets, I fell back to the same thing. And um, it got to a point where, you know, 
my kids were always there for me. Whether they called me, well, the names that they call us, you know, like a drug addict or a junkie, you know all the names. My kids didn't see that. My kids saw dad, you know. And, you know, they always been there for me. And, um, and I, I, I don't deserve my kids, you know, and I thank God for them, you know. Because if it wasn't for them, I mean, you know, the way I was going, death was just close by. And I didn't care whether I, I wanted to die. You know what I mean? I just, I didn't want to live. Who wants to live like that? Nobody, you know? And, you know, the day that I, um, I decided to call my daughter who was texting me and I would never text her back, I let her know I'm all right. Just chill out. Leave me alone. I'm good, you know? And um, one day I said, listen, I need you. You know, and then she's always, always, God told me this. She's Christian, bonafide. God told me this and God told me that. And I'm like, God, you bump your head. You're crazy. God told you what? And now that I'm in Teen Challenge, I know what she was talking about, you know. Um, before I came to Teen Challenge, I, I really didn't, you know, I knew of God, but didn't know him. You know, and that's a big difference. And um, what do you call I just, um. I just, I thank God for my kids. I mean, you know, they, they didn't give up on me, you know. And um, um, I went to so many detoxes, so many programs. And um, I tell you that um, after um, I came to Teen Challenge, everything changed. This is the only program that I stood in for the amount of time that I've been here, which is six months. I've been sober and clean for the last 26 years that I haven't. So I thank God for that. Thank you. And um, I just, you know, I, I thank God for, you know, the work he's doing in my life. I stand out three scriptures, actually, you know. Uh, the first one is Psalms 107, 14. He took them out of distress. He brought them from darkness, from the shadow of death, and broke their chains in pieces. God delivered me from my addiction. And, you know, if you need confirmation, I'm standing before you today as that confirmation. I mean, God is good, you know. And um, second scripture I stand on was on my way to Team Challenge. My daughter quoted a scripture to me, and I was in withdrawal, and I was like, what are you talking about, you know? And it was Jeremiah 29, 11, for I have plans for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans for a hope in the future. That's my life scripture. And the last scripture I stand on, amen, <laughs> is um, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. I walk by faith, not by sight, you know. I thank you guys for having us. Thank you very much for letting me share. Take care. I count on one thing, the same God that never fails will not fail me now you won't fail me now in the waiting the same God who's never late is working all things out you're working all things out
on, guys. My name is Arian. Uh, I was born in Colorado Springs. That's why I said "woo" when he uh, when he said Colorado. I lived there until I was two, but uh, I'm a Jersey boy. So <laughs> um, first, I want to say that uh, I'm not qualified to stand up here, right? Like a lot of people who know me would be shocked to see me standing here. But uh, who who here knows that uh, God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies the called. Right. And, uh, you know, I think uh, I think I was just born in sin. You know, I think I just lived a life of uh, just sin right from the beginning. I was a sinner. Uh, I was born a liar. Um, my mom will tell you, even from a young age, I had a problem with lying and uh, not being honest. And, uh, you know, my first strike against me was my father named me Arian, which you know, it's kind of racist, but, uh, um, but, you know, moving forward, uh, he was never in my life, so I never adopted those thoughts and behaviors and beliefs, thank God, and, uh, so I grew up in Trenton, New Jersey, anybody say woo to that, um, I'm from Trenton, New Jersey, so I, I grew up in poverty, and I grew up, it was a hard life, and, uh, you know, I had a I have two older brothers, an older sister and a younger brother, so we have a big family, and my father was never in my life, so my mother was a single mother who always worked three jobs to make ends meet, and she was never around, and uh, it was a free-for-all, and uh, I just kind of tagged along with my older brothers who were involved in the streets and, and you know, that lifestyle, and uh, I just tagged along, and we, uh, at a young age, I was robbing houses, stealing, and, you know, um, it just uh, smoking pot at such an early age, you know, I, s I started smoking weed in fifth grade, fourth and fifth grade, and, um, you know, my, my, um, that turned into psychedelics and, and, uh, you know, drugs, but all of that, all of the psychedelic drugs and marijuana was a search for an encounter with God. See, I was looking for all the right things, but in all the wrong places. And, uh, you know, that, that progressed into uh, hard drugs. And um, by the time I was 18, um, I had lost all my friends. All my friends had passed away or they're in prison for a long time. And uh, when I was, I, I'll also say when I was 16, I moved out of my mother's house on Chestnut Avenue. And um, I began to uh, live a life filled with addiction and alcoholism. And I... Um, my son's mother, I, I ran amok through her life. I would disappear for weeks at a time and then crawl back in the house and beg her to take me back. And I did this for years. I did this for years of just, you know, just um, incomprehensible demoralization. Just, I was inhumane. I just hadn't showered in two weeks. And, and uh, I would just come home and, you know. Um, and then in my early 20s, I, I um, started to... Uh, try to get sober. I would go to detoxes and rehabs and show up to AA and uh, just the cycle of this, right? Just trying to get sober on my own understanding of God, right? And uh, that wasn't enough. See, my God was, my God at that time was generic. He allowed rationalizations, excuses. Um, he, he allowed things, sin into my life. And uh, it was because it was my own understanding of God. And uh, this religion that uh, I believe in with my heart of hearts has a set, set in stone way of life and a set in stone beliefs that, that doesn't rationalize or justify sin. And, um, you know, all that's, all that's my test, right? Like all that, that drug addiction is my test. Uh, but here's the money. Um, so I, I, came to, uh, I came to a Daunt Teens Challenge uh, last year. And um, the, those of you who know me uh, know that I have a mouth. And uh, it gets me punched in the face a lot. And uh, that same mouth got me kicked out of a Daunting Challenge. And uh, I went back out into the world, and I tried to do it again on my own will. And um, that's not the way, man. Uh, so I went back out into the streets. I went back out into the road, and uh, I, I eventually fell on my face again. And um, in, my, in my pit, in my... In my destitute and, and pain, I crawled back into a detox. And as I'm sitting in this detox, I could feel God tugging on my heart. And uh, he said, call Teen Challenge. And I had got kicked out of this place. 
And I called back up, and the director took me back in. And um, he said, you know, you're walking on thin ice. And thin ice for a big guy like me, it's kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. I got to really watch how I walk. You know, I got to I gotta be careful oh, because I'm on thin ice, you know. And uh, so I, I, I did just that. And uh, I came back, and I've been walking on thin ice. And, uh, you know, um, I, I fall short glory of God. I make mistakes. I still have a mouth. Um, but I'm working on all that stuff. And, and the, the thing that I did that really changed my life, and, and I cannot take any credit other than the fact that I waved the white flag and said, God, I surrender. I give, I give you my life, you know, because I've been trying so hard to be a father. I've been trying so hard to be a better man. I've been trying so hard to just shut up, you know, and I just can't do it. I can't do it alone. I can't do that stuff without God. And I waved this white flag God began to change my heart, and he softened me, you know, and, uh, you know, they say uh, when you're soft, everything's hard, so, you know, if everything people would say to me would piss me off or make me angry, any, any wrong, I would just get angry, or anytime somebody would do something I didn't like, I would mouth off, or, you know, but now I'm, I'm dealing with that, I'm working through that, and I, and I don't react on that, and all that is a testimony to God and his strength, because that is not me. Anybody who knows me knows that that I'm not qualified to stand up here. I, I, sh- I, I have lived a life of sin and anger, aggression and violence, uh, drugs and alcohol, theft and lying and, and just, just a menagerie, a tobacco of, of sin. And, uh, you know, um, this guy playing the guitar behind me wants me to speed it up. <laughs> That's what that means. Uh, Tell him to be quiet. <laughs> um, but yeah, God, God changed my life, man. He, 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 he opened my heart and softened me. And uh, it's, it's amazing because I, I, I'm so grateful for what God has done to me. And, uh, and it's putting me on the right path so I can be a better man, a man of God, something I've been destined to be. So all, all my years of drug use, I had this hole inside of me, this hole this hole that I tried to fill with McDonald's, I tried to fill it with drugs, I tried to fill it with women, I tried to fill it with, with all these things, but I'm filled up. I got the Holy Spirit inside of there now, and I have this warm feeling in my, in my tummy right here, Amen. and it's a miracle. So Amen. thank you. Good morning, church. My name's Kanan, I'm 20 years old, and uh, I grew up in New Egypt, the North Hanover, and I went to high school in Bordentown, graduated high school in Bordentown, so this is pretty local for me. He learned his pizza, so good. Um, all right, so um, my, di- my battle with addiction started when I was 13 years old. Uh, I started smoking and drinking, and um, I lived in a household where that was acceptable at the time. You know, my father was in addiction, uh, so was my stepmom, and from the day that I started smoking weed, I started buying ounces of it and smoking every single day. I have a very addictive personality, and um, it was off to the races from there. Uh, Throughout high school, I progressed through my drug usage. I started taking psilocybin mushrooms, LSD, cocaine, ketamine, DMT, and uh, by the end of high school, I was severely depressed, um, full of anxiety. I could barely put a sentence together. It was, it's a miracle that I'm even standing in front of you speaking right now. But uh, yeah, it was, it was really bad. Um, I was suicidal. I, I had planned out my suicide. Um, I'm not going to explain that to you guys, but that happened. And that was all spirits. I had given ear to the spirit of suicide, and it was in my head every single day telling me to kill myself. And I almost did it. Um, after high school in, like, August or uh, – Probably May last year, I picked up a heroin addiction, just hanging out with the wrong people. Um, and 
about a month into that. In June last year, I overdosed on fentanyl. I didn't even know what fentanyl was. And I was sniffing this powder, which was actually, which I thought was heroin. It was fentanyl, and it killed me. And um, this is how that goes. I was, I had just gotten my car out of the impound lot because um, my buddy got arrested. They found his stuff in the car, and they took my car. And then I, I walked to the police station, and um, I, I don't remember what happened after that. But I went, me and my friend went to pick up my car the next day. And I told him, I'm going to drop off this bag, this book bag, to my buddy's house who just got arrested. He was like, all right, go ahead. I'm going back to the house when you get back. He didn't know I was using at the time. I did not go to drop off that book bag. I went straight to Trenton and picked up some heroin. And uh, it's, e- it's a miracle that I even made it back to my friend's house because on the way there, I was nodding out at every stoplight. I was going down. A car had to honk the horn behind me just to wake me up. I was about to give up, pull over, and just go to sleep. And I either would have been dead or in jail if that happened. So uh, I made it to my friend's house, and then I had the audacity to do another batch. I do that. I go inside, and um, this is all from my friend's account now. I don't remember any of this. Uh, he, he handed me a sandwich. He said, what took you so long? And then I went inside and sat on this couch, and I started to nod out again. Going down. Canaan, wake up. I wake up. What? Not out. Canaan, wake up. What? Canaan, wake up. What? Then I go down again. Canaan, wake up. This time I don't come up. I stay down. Canaan, wake up. No response. I start to turn blue. And thankfully, my buddy knew what to do at the time. He uh, jumped up. He dragged me outside. He started doing CPR. I think he, like, broke my cartilage or something, but I'm alive, so that's okay. Um, And he actually revived me, and then I died again. And by that time, the uh, authorities were on their way. They hit me with the Narcan, and I woke up. Gas was there, surrounded by EMT, and they're like, what did you do? I didn't do nothing. Uh, I didn't want to go in the ambulance, but... I went in the ambulance, and they took me to the hospital. And at that time, when I overdosed, I I didn't know Jesus Christ. I didn't know him as my Savior. And um, if I had died at that time, I would have gone straight to hell. But God had another plan for me. He brought me out of that. And thank you. God had another plan for me. and what I've seen throughout my walk with Christ and through this program is that even in that unbelief, even in that rebellion and addiction, God still had his hand on me. His steadfast love still endured for me. He was still writing those pages for me. Because when I, when I got in that ambulance, the EMT told me, listen, it's a miracle that you're even breathing right now. Like You should be on your way to the morgue. You need to go get help, go get right, and fix your life. You have another chance at this. And from there, I went to a detox, and in the detox, this woman approached me. She was like, hey, you, you look like a praying man. Can you pray for me? I had never prayed a day in my life, and this woman just asked me to pray for her. That was a divine appointment. I prayed for her, and then she prayed. And from there, I came to Teen Challenge, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ, and he has broken every chain of addiction. He has delivered me from all the... Amen. And he's also breaking those generational curses because my dad was addicted to heroin. So he's breaking those chains for my children and my children's children. And they have freedom from addiction as well. And I I have a small testimony um, of, of a victory in my life that God has given me. So back in... September last year, we were out doing fundraising for the program uh, up in North Jersey. I was out 
outside of the store, we, were, we had the box, we were raising donations, and we had the cutting board. And um, this man approached the table, he was asking people for money. And uh, I told him a little bit of my testimony, I told him how I uh, struggled with heroin addiction, how I overdosed on fentanyl, and he's like, hold on, wait, I got some in my pocket right here, you want some? Satan tried me that day. That was the devil working through him. But greater is he than that is in me than he who is in this world. I thank God for that. He gave me the power to say no that day. And I just want to thank you guys for having us here. It's always a blessing to come out to churches and spread the testimony of Jesus Christ and what he's done in our lives. God bless you all and have a good day. Every time I ran away, you were louder than my shame. And now, where would I be without you? Where would I be, Jesus? You were the voice in the desert. You're calling me out in the dead of night, fighting my battles for you. were my rescue story. From the ashes, you carried my soul from death to life, bringing me from glory to glory. You were my rescue story. You are, you are, you are my rescue story. You are, you are. You never. give up on me you are my testimony you never give up on me you never give up on me you are my testimony you never give up on me you never give up on me this is my testimony with Jesus and you were the voice in the desert you're calling me out in the dead of night fighting my battles for me you were my rescue story you lifted me up from the ashes you carried my soul from death to life bringing me from glory to glory my rescue story. 
Man, thanks. Let's give these guys a little hand. Teen Challenge guys. Yeah, so uh, being around ministry as a kid, and you know, and I'm sure Danny and others can can relate. Sometimes in ministry, it's it's a uh, it's it's the long game. You know, you're 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 t- you know doing the little things on a daily basis and hoping to see change over time. And you know, but God's still in the business of doing miracles because I mean, we got ten of them right here. Uh, we get to see these transformations happen on a daily occurrence. It's it's uh, it's uh, it's a blessing. You know, I. I um, one of the takeaways that I always want people to leave with is, you know, these these are the the uh, rock stars of the testimony world. You know, they have the Hollywood script stories. Most of us have not been in jail or have not, you know, died. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, a lot of the things that these guys have been through, um, uh, they, uh, they're, they're, they're true miracles. Uh, but the thing that we have in common is we serve the same God. You know, the same God that pulled these guys off the street and the same God that pulled me out of my addiction and the same guy, the same God that met them in prison, the same God that you guys are praying to and serving and, and is involved in your families and in your jobs and in your cares. Uh, so take uh, that away today. Be blessed knowing that God is still performing miracles. God is still powerful. God is still doing things. And he could do something in your life just like he did with these guys. One thing I just want to finish on, I, I touched early on how we make this possible through the partnership that we have with you. Uh, there's one additional way uh, that I want to let you guys know about. We have a sponsorship program uh, where you can help pay for a guy who does not have the means to be there. Uh, you could do that. We call it a dollar a day program. So you could either do like a, a recurring payment of $30 a month. You could do a one-time payment, 360 If you want, you could sponsor all 40 guys that would be 40 times 360 yeah, that's a lot um, but um yeah just consider if that guy, if god puts that on your heart to see us at the table uh and we will help you out with that also drop off your prayer cards we'd love to pray for you uh thank you again you guys are family to me uh there's a lot of uh faces in this crowd that, that i've known for, for for a long time they've seen me in the good and the bad and uh i'm blessed to be here and, and thankful for the opportunity so danny turn it back over to you Thank you, Rob. Appreciate that. And I'm uh, going to invite the team, the band, our band, to come back up as we're going to close in just a moment here. But I want to encourage you. We're going to receive an offering, so if our ushers will prepare themselves. I want to just give you an opportunity. This is, uh, you know, we, we talk about our tithes, support our church, and we've got the forest. Right? The forest is for the rest. And that's where our, we, God has not given us, uh, you know, our resources just to take care of ourselves, but to be a blessing. And to support, and uh, yeah, Rob, it's like family. I mean, you're, you're a brother, you know. But honestly, all you, we're all we're all family. We're all family, all of us. Like, look around. This is family. This is what God does. He makes us all brothers and sisters. This is what we are. And so, scriptures say, you know, does not one part suffer without the other parts feeling it? And likewise, does not one part celebrate? And everybody gets to be part of that. Like, we all get to do the highs and lows together. We are together in all of this. And uh, so I encourage you, please give. Please give generously. I challenge you. It's a step of faith. Consider a dollar a day. You know, I know we've talked about it. You spend more on, more on coffee than on that. And uh, can, you, can, you, can God use you uh, to, to support someone? I think it's something everybody could consider doing. So I'd love for everybody to consider doing that a dollar a day. I think it's very reasonable for us to do that. Um, so I want to encourage you. You can, again, stop by. You can please, if you want to pick up some cutting boards, some syrup. You can put the syrup on the cutting board if you want. It might get sticky. I don't know. But, uh, you know, you can do whatever you need to there. All sorts of good stuff. There's coffee, too. Or tea. Yeah, coffee. All sorts of good stuff that you can get out there. Please thank and encourage these guys for taking the time to share with us what God's doing in their lives. Uh, and, and if you feel so led, feel free to take a minute and share your story with them. And uh, let them know what God's doing in your life as well. Uh, would you stand? We're going we're gonna to pray, and then the band's going to sing a song, and our ushers will receive our, our tithes and our offerings and our giving to Teen Challenge today. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're still in the business, Lord, of coming after us. You refuse to let us Stay away from you. 
you keep coming. Lord, even when we're hostile to you, ignorant of you, in your great love for us, you know better than we know. And you won't let our limited understanding keep us from you. You break through. You chase down. You come after us because you love us. Lord, and there's a world of people out there that have still yet to realize that. Lord, I wish this room was full right now, people who heard this, who need to hear it. I'm, I'm convinced this world, we could fill this room a thousand times over and still not scratch the surface of hurting people, lost people, searching for peace, searching for truth, for love, for acceptance, for meaning. And it's all found in you. And this world is quick to offer all sorts of substitutions, all sorts of things that promise what only you can deliver. Lord, help us shine brightly in this dark world. Let our lives, the way we live, Lord, as we leave from this place, may we not just go, oh, those were powerful stories and let it sit, but may it motivate us to be on mission, to live our lives in such a way that people around us can't help but notice that there's something more that you are the answer for everything that we have need of. It's all found in you, and you welcome us, and you give it to us generously. We thank you. We praise you. You are good. It's in your wonderful name we pray. Everybody said?